All right, what's up? Welcome back to the Tony D Podcast, brought to you by Flooring is Forever, flooringisforever.com, and the UPS store in Fishers off of Olio Road. Plenty that we need to dive into, including the fact that it is 197 degrees in Indianapolis as I speak. It's an absolute swamp-ass session going on outside, so stay hydrated, stay cool, and stay indoors because, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's filthy hot out there. As always, the Tony D Podcast brought to you by Flooring is Forever, flooringisforever.com, 317-755-1246. It is summertime. It's time to get things upgraded in your home, including your floors. Check out flooringisforever.com. See all the awesome options that they have. Harley is local here in Indianapolis and has over 20 years of experience, 317-755-1246. I want to talk about Road America because I went there over the weekend, a great place to catch any race, I know Cup is there in a few weeks, and IndyCar was there over the weekend with Indy Lights. We're gonna we're gonna dive into that. Uh, we're about a week and a half away from the Indiana Pacers selecting in the NBA draft lottery. I actually saw Rick Carlisle downtown last week. I told him, "Hey, Johnny Davis, take Johnny Davis." So I believe they're working out today. I'm recording this on Tuesday. I think they worked him out today. Hopefully, he has an impressive session. It'll probably be uh, Benedict Matherin, but. You never know. We'll see. Maybe they trade up. Maybe they trade down. I doubt they trade down, uh, but I do think that they are going to try to shop Malcolm Brogdon, um, maybe somebody else. I They will probably keep Miles Turner. We'll jump into that more next week with James Boyd of the Indianapolis Star. He is the Pacers beat writer. He will join me here on the podcast. We will discuss uh, all that and a lot more when it comes to the Pacers and their selection. And then, of course, at the end of this podcast, um, I'll give you my take. I know a lot of people have asked on Twitter. This came down on Monday. The selling of MS Communications to uh, Urban One, I believe it is, which owns Radio One here in Indianapolis, what that can mean, what the future holds. I'll give you kind of my opinion. Um, so I have a lot of friends that work in that building. So wishing the best for that. But we'll dive into that a little bit more here over the, uh, the course of this podcast. Over the weekend, uh, great time. Got up to Road America over the weekend, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. What a time. If you haven't been, you know how awesome of a racetrack it is on TV. It is even better in person. It is You're basically in a state park with a four-mile road course in the middle of it. The sight lines are incredible. You can get up close and personal to the action on the racetrack. Everybody's camping out. I took my buddy Ty. Ty got to go for the first time. He absolutely loved it. I said, you know, the, the, the cool thing is about Wisconsin is everybody is nice. It's the nicest people in the world up there. And the first people that we saw uh, were, were a couple our age, and we ended up introducing ourselves and hanging out with them throughout the weekend. And he grew up in Elkhart Lake going to that race every year, so he knew where to go. And we hopped in the car and drove around during the race to get the different turns to check out the different sight lines. So um, that was great. Shout out to Ty for going up there with me. He is in a band called Huxley. They play here locally. They are a punk pop rock band. They are a lot of fun. Uh, him and my buddy Austin are in it. Austin owns Tappers down in Fountain Square, so check that out. But uh, Ty has been the spearhead and has been the guy behind setting up the Zibs, which is Colton Herta's band to play next month at the Melody Inn that Thursday night before 
the road course race, the doubleheader weekend with NASCAR at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So uh, you can check that out. It's all over Twitter, um, all over Instagram as well. So if you want to attend, I think tickets are going to definitely sell out if they haven't already. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be a super fun night. Uh, we had a blast. Got to see Ari Leyendike. You know, I wear a lot of old school Indianapolis 500 clothes. They are some of my favorites. That's why, you know, the shop in Broad Ripple there hits uh, so close to home with all their awesome throwback Indianapolis 500 shirts, which is 9 out of 10 times what I'm wearing. But I do have some straight from the 90s that I that I enjoy wearing. And I, I have this Ari Leyendike shirt that I got. And then I have a Ari Leyendike hat, which is badass. I found for 3 bucks at the memorabilia show back in May. Finally got to see Ari get my picture with the gear. That was fun. Uh, the race itself was great. Um, look, throughout the year, there's going to be drama. IndyCar needs drama. I love it. There was some drama between Marcus Erickson and Alex Pillow. Uh, Pillow just kind of took it as, well, it wasn't our day, and that sucks that it was a teammate. Erickson, I think, looked at it as a racing incident. And then there was a big uh, tussle throughout with rookie Devlin DeFrancesco and Will Power. And here's what I'll say about that. Power kind of ran him off a few turns before and then didn't take the greatest of lines when he got punted and Devlin was going for it. And, you know, early on those starts and everybody's packed up, that's really the only opportunity you have, it seems, to pass. And he went for it. And just like he went for it in Texas, maybe a little bit too um, hopeful of a move at Texas. But I'll say this. The rookie is always going to get blamed, right? But... Devlin was going for it, you know, sitting them, parking them doesn't make sense. You'd have to you'd have to make a president of sitting and parking everybody that does that. And then we would see the championship screwed up. We would see, you know, big name, famous drivers not running at a racetrack. That's just never going to happen. Um, you know, but just like at Texas and Elio Castro Nevis and Devlin, Will Power was hot. He was heated. He showed his dismay on the cool down lap, which – I thought deserved a pretty hefty fine. And I stood in Devlin's pit after the race and was just kind of waiting to see what was going to go down. And he was calm. He looked at it. Hey, I, I, I got into the back of him, but he kind of dove down in front of me. Didn't take the best of line. It gave me enough room and I was going for it. So, um, you know, it is exactly what I tweeted Sunday from the racetrack. As much as we would love to see drama and the dudes swinging at each other because that get them on sports center. It just wasn't going to happen. Will calm down, probably looked at the tape, and called Devlin on Monday, just like Elio Castroneves did, and they talked it out. And it's 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 a learning process. I'm sure there's a lot of new respect gained on both ends. I mean, I, I'm a perpetrator of wanting drama anyway, so that would be something that I would could get behind. But, again, Will Power is just kind of complaining about, you know, getting punted, which I understand you're pissed off, you know, pretty much ruined your day. Um, but, again, cooler heads prevail once you go back and start looking at the film and, and how things went down. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall inside of the Chip Ganassi trailer afterwards with Erickson and Pillow because Pillow gets uh, – it looked like Erickson just hit the curb wrong and kind of came up a little bit, knocked out the toe link on Pillow's car, really ruined the weekend for him, uh, and it just really shakes up the championship battle. Joseph Newgarding winning a million dollars. Look, there wasn't a lot of hype around this going into the weekend. I didn't think about, hey – Joseph could win a million, you know, 500000 for him and his crew and 500000 for a charity of his choice. He was my pick at the beginning of the year to do it. Honestly, Joseph could do it again. He could win Iowa or Gateway. He's got three ovals left, two, two, two different ovals. 
Bolt that he's won on in the past. He could definitely win a Nashville or a Toronto on a street course coming up. And he can certainly win in a Laguna Seca, a Mid-Ohio, or a Portland. He could literally do it again. I'm like, does this, does this, do we reset this? Is people ready, ready to reset this? I'm assuming that they're not, but congratulations to Joseph Newgarden. You know, we talk about the competition level in IndyCar, and I've been harping on it. And there's so many good drivers and lights right now. you got guys along the lines of Christian Rasmussen, who I've worked with, who I think we will hear from uh, over the next couple of days here. So be, be, be sure to stay tuned to my Twitter and Burnout Sports Twitter for that. Stingray Rob is right there knocking on the door. Obviously, Lena Slunquist is winning the championship, has a bunch of wins this year. Matty Brabham has a win. Ernie Francis is a guy that is learning the ropes of an open-wheel race car and maybe a year or two away from making that step to IndyCar. Brandon Eves down in, you know, road to Indy. Miles Rowe's been winning races. The competition level in IndyCar right now is absolutely insane because you don't know who's going to win week in and week out. I know, was it Lando Norris had the comments on the Dan Lebetard show. Here's the thing with IndyCar. Yeah, it's a spec series. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. They're running chassis from 10 years ago, whatever you want to do. Okay, they've got gimmicks of, of black and red tires and push to pass. Well, everybody has gimmicks, okay? I'm not doubting that Formula One has the best technology in all forms of motorsports. And if that's what gets you to the racetrack to check that out, then more power to you. What gets me to the racetrack and has always made me a fan is the accessibility of the drivers and being able to meet them, get to know them, uh, see how great – I mean – we were standing there at Road America after practice on Friday or on Saturday. It was raining. It was literally raining. And Elio, Simon Pagino, Joseph Newgarden, Colton Herta, Roman Grosjean were signing autographs for a bunch of adults and kids. You, there, you, you're not going to be able to get that. Even at NASCAR, I know, I know NASCAR, the competition's a lot better this year. We saw Daniel Suarez get his first win. That was super cool. Um, you know, Ross Chastain has got his first win this year. Chase Briscoe's won a race. You know, the competition level, I will give it to NASCAR, has gotten a lot better um, on that weekend and week-out basis from when, you know, you would go to the cookie-cutting Kansas and Atlanta and Texas and you knew that Harvick or Kyle Busch or Joey Logano were more than likely going to be your winners. But IndyCar, it's the competition. It's how badass speeds they run. And to me, it's – I don't know week in and week out. I, I, I literally, I tweeted this. I cover the sport. I talk to drivers. I talk to other media personalities. I talk to pit crew members. And you still can't predict who is gonna, who's going to win each race. Yeah, could you probably narrow it down to four or five? Yeah, but with differing strategies, yellow flags, things of that nature, you certainly don't know week in and week out. That's why the championship is so close. Um, look, you've got Marcus Erickson, Indy 500 winner, leading the championship. Will Power right there. Joseph Newgarden has three wins. He's right there. Alexander Rossi's been on a charge since Long Beach with an average finish of 6.3, the best of any driver. He's going to hopefully get in the victory circle this year. I thought he was going to do it at Road America, finishing runner-up to Joseph Newgarden. But the competition level is just absolutely insane in IndyCar right now. Uh, a lot of the silly season stuff's happening. Uh, I reported on some stuff last week um, of of some information from some, 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 some people inside the paddock that I would certainly trust. Um, things will change. You know, guys like Renus VK, there'll be six other different rumors about where he's going to end up, and I don't think he can even, even negotiate until August. What's going to happen with Felix Rosenquist now? 
Um, I think what you see, what, you, what you'll have at McLaren is what you have right now, plus Rossi. Um, now, does that mean maybe Felix goes over to Formula E and runs some? We will see. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more, especially on the IndyCar show with Luke Edwards uh, on Burnout Sports. If you ch- didn't see the episode last week from the museum, we discussed a lot of the silly season stuff, some other news that's came down since then. And we'll start hearing a little bit more. We've got three weeks of the next w- race at Mid-Ohio. Um, and then all of a sudden it's a pretty busy July with Mid-Ohio, Toronto, the doubleheader at Iowa, followed by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Nashville, St. Louis. I mean, it's about to get busy after this kind of – little three-week hiatus. We will have Marcus Erickson um, on Burnout Sports. Uh, they, I had an interview set up with him at Road America on Saturday. They had some scheduling conflicts come up. Totally understand that. Uh, so shout-out to Will over at Ganassi for helping, and we will get that set up as well. But, again, I just to wrap it up, it was really cool. Like I said, my college roommate lives about an hour north of Road America. Got to go see him in his new house and his son – I just I loved it. I mean, the if you're a photographer, or you're into that. I'm sure Chris Owens and James Black and Skibby and all those guys, they literally probably are chomping at the bits to get to Road America every year just because of the amazing sight lines uh, throughout that uh, speed park, so to speak. So if you haven't been to Road America, do yourself a favor, check it out. It is an absolute blast. I had so much fun there. And I can't wait to go back. And I hopefully will be able to go to Mid-Ohio here in the next couple of weeks as IndyCar gets into that nitty-gritty. Let's give out some grades here. You know, again, I said this last week. Top 12s in IndyCar are what top 10s used to be. You know, like Christian Longard had a top had a 10th place finish. And I talked to my buddy who was an engineer. And he's like, you know what? We had pace. We ran well. Didn't go off. Sometimes you gotta, you know, worry about getting in somebody else's stuff, and we uh, we, we we got it done. So uh, Ganassi gets an A out of me. You've got wins from Polo and Marcus Erickson. Obviously, winning the Indianapolis 500 will give you an A. They had the pole and the pole speed record with Scott Dixon, who we're still waiting, and I think it's gonna come at Mid Ohio. We're still waiting for Scott Dixon to break through. Um, Penske, I'm gonna give them an A minus. They had a bad month of May as did some other Chevy teams. I know Pato was up there, but Chevy's won every race except for the two in the month of May and Pelot's win uh, earlier on in the season. Chevy's kind of taken taken the lead so far here uh, in the manufactured charge through the first half of the race. Um, Pelot has a win. I thought Canaan with a third-place finish at the Indianapolis 500 was huge. So Ganassi gets an A minus for me, obviously with some with a few wins and the biggest win on the season. Andretti Autosport, I'm gonna give them a B. You know, as of late, as just mentioned, Rossi's been hot. Colton had, you know, the absolute highest of highs at Indy with with the race win and the Grand Prix, and then the lowest of lows with with the crash and then being parked. Um, Grosjean's been okay. He's been consistent, I would say. He's not a championship contender, but he's been consistently running in the top 10, top 5, especially on road and street courses. So Andretti gets a B for me. You know, Devlin's still learning a lot of things. Marco wasn't really a factor at Indy at all. And Rossi, again, has been on a, a pretty good charge. So that could change. Let's go to um, Arrow McLaren. I give them a B as well. You've got a win with Pato. Felix is really starting to show that – that he can run well. Um, you know, they have an average finish as a team this season of 10th place, which isn't terrible. 
Montoya, I thought, had a pretty good showing in the Grand Prix before the spin. Um, obviously ran well in the 500, had 11-place finish. Felix, I think, was 7th at the 500. Pato, the runner-up. Um, I give Arrow a B. Other teams throughout the paddock at Carpenter Racing, I give a – I'm going to give them a B-. minus. Um, you know, Ed just kind of had a crap, crap day at the 500. He was okay at Texas. Renus had a crap day at the 500, but was on the front row. Connor has been really good as of late. Um, you know, bringing on Simona and, and a satellite team over the weekend is cool. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. I think that Ed Carpenter Racing is trending in the right direction, and I hope for big expectations remaining of the year. Meyer Shank gets a C-plus from me. Simon had that runner-up finish. They were good at the 500. They finished top 10 both cars. They have had some pace, but the results just certainly haven't been there. Um, you know, Simon sits 12th in points. He only has one top five on the season, and which was that second-place finish. Elio has just had some really bad luck. He doesn't have a top five but two top tens. I'm going to give them a C-plus. Dale Coyne Racing, I'm going to give a C-plus as well. Sato was fast at Indy. You thought he'd have a better showing. David Malukas had that accident, but he's shown some pace. Hasn't really made a lot of rookie mistakes besides that crash on Carb Day at the 500 weekend, which, you know, you could call it his fault. You can call it a rookie mistake all you want. I give them a C-plus. I think that they've shown um, some pretty good pace so far this year. Uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, i got to give a C, too. I'm just waiting for these guys. And, look, it takes a long time. You've got a new driver in Christian Lungard. You've got a new driver in Jack Harvey. I just go back to what Simon Pagino told me back in the month of May. It's all about chemistry, and it takes a long time to build that chemistry. He said even Elio, who won the 500 last year and ran four or five races with Meyer Shank, it's still building that chemistry. It takes – it's like a new NBA or college basketball coach. It takes three or four years to really – get things moving and sometimes you feel like when you take two steps forward you take three back or you take three forward and two back that's where I'm at on Ray Hall they had pace at Road America Graham's been you know in the top 10 contending for top fives Harvey's just kind of been a little bit off you know you wonder a little bit about the chemistry within that team and and Longard's been fast. Longard hasn't done anything wrong. He charged at the 500 from the last row to a top 20 position. He's got two top 10s with a 10th place finish at St. Pete and a 10th place finish at Road America. Um, Harvey, 13th over the weekend at Road America. Got to get better. Um, you know, Hy-Vee's probably uh, ready, to, ready to see some results. And we'll see what Rahal can do the remainder of the year. I give a C-plus as all, again, to... Hunko's Hollinger racing, the little team that could. Eilat showed a lot of pace. Um, you know, he was obviously injured at the 500, but um, has been pretty clean besides that. Has been really good on the road and street courses. Had some great practice times. Hasn't always um, came with results. He does have a top 10 on the season. He's trailing Christian Lungard in the championship. Um, A.J. Foyt, um, C-, minus. really haven't shown much to me. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood has a lot of talent, but as we know, it's a one-year rental. So there's your IndyCar grades. Um, they will change. We're halfway through the season with Mid-Ohio coming up. Looking forward to that. All right, in local Indianapolis news here, um, MS Communications, which has 1070, The Fan, Hank FM, WIBC, and B1057, has been sold. It has been sold to, I believe, Urban One, which is a 
cluster of radio stations that owns locally 100.9 here a few other ones 96.3 if not mistaken but a very diverse uh group a very a group that very much strives off of diversity and when you think about the honest truth of what ms is is a lot of older male caucasian men which is exactly what i told uh, our CEO at the time when I was working there who just sold Jeff Smolian. I said, you know, we just keep bringing in these guys that have these track records of supposedly being great, and they're not. And obviously we know why I left. There's no need to go back and rehash that. We all know. Um, but I've had a lot of people ask me, do you think that 1070 The Fan as a sports station is going to go away? And my honest opinion is I don't see how that can happen. Indianapolis is too much of a sports town, too much of a sports following. You have the Colts and the Pacers, the Colts obviously being number one in this town, uh, especially in the eyes of Emmis. Pacers right there. Uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is, is, is a little bit distant from that. Um, Emmis, although they, they try to act like they care about it 365 days a year, uh, the fact of the matter is, is they don't. But again, you've got a lot of people on the on the airwaves that are middle-aged white men. So I think we will see a little bit more what I have called flavor, uh, which Emmis lost a great deal of when Michael Grady went to the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think it's going to go away. There's just there's too much value, you know, with having the Colts. There's a lot of money to be made at having the Colts, having the Pacers, and even having the Indianapolis 500. You know, Emmis is the only place locally that you can hear or watch the race live. So there's so many traditions of people having backyard parties and, and listening to the race on the radio with their family. And, and yes, we are in a, in a day of age and in, in an era where newspapers are going away. Emmis has not done the best of job of moving forward into the future. There's been a lot of, of, of failed attempts in, in, in apps and digital content services and media. Um, but again, I don't think that the employees inside of the MS communications building are shocked that it was sold. I think that they are shocked by who it was sold to. And there probably are some people there. There are a lot of people there behind the scenes that are scared that they could lose their job. And I wish nothing but the best for them. I still have a great deal of, of, of love and admiration for people that work there. I have a lot of friends that are still there. I have a lot of friends that have also left. There has been a lot of change inside of that building since I left three years ago this week in 2019, um, whether it's on air or mostly behind the scenes, but there has been a lot of changes. Hopefully, for the, for the sake of the people that are there, even the ones that I don't get along with and, and don't see eye to eye with, I hope they can keep their jobs and, and, and things stay and continue status quo. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Again, I don't think that they're going to get rid of a sports station that does make money that does have partnerships with the Colts, the Pacers, the Speedway, and other entities, i.e. Um, does 1070 still have Butler or 107? It'll always just be 1070. But 107.5, um, I'm not sure if they still have Butler. But where else are you going to go for sports? I don't think 1260 has any um, desire to come back. I don't think that 1430 is even capable. Now, if you can somehow um, – Fix the signal, which has been the biggest discussion over the last 10 years at the fan. If you could fix the signal and start trending more digitally and doing things with podcast 
and long form conversations. Um, you know, JMV does a great job of of that Saturday night show calling in, but at the end of the day, you've got to go with the trends, which is a lot of podcasting. People want their information right away. Um, so hopefully this will help move 1070 and other stations there forward in a more digital trend lower in age and to different diversities of people throughout the city. So again, I wish nothing but the best for the people in there that are working, you know, the 77 full-time employees, um, you know, Jeff Smalling, you know, he's going to get his money and go off in the sunset. And this is nothing to knock on Smalling. I mean, the guy, I believe, is 83 years old. He has been nothing but great to me. Uh, I was in his office the day that I that I left. I told him that he listened to all of my complaints and my thoughts and my ideas, wanted me to stay. His, his last words to me were, I want you to stay, but if you feel like you can't do your job, then it is probably best that you do go. And I respected that, and I understood that. So um, we'll see. You know, and everybody always says, well, just go get another job in radio. Th- these, these jobs in radio are, are few and far between, despite what maybe some people think. And it's not always green grass. Everybody says, oh, you know, in my time in radio, it was, oh, well, you have the best job in the world. You have an amazing job. And, I, and, and, and that was fine. The goal was to have my own show and to be able to do my own thing and cover racing and and cover basketball, and and yes, I was a full-time employee, but I was making $32,000 a year. Now I made a little bit more off of endorsements, being with JMV and quote-unquote riding on his coattails. But when that was taken away from me and I was having to get up at a certain amount of time for $30,000 a year, it just simply wasn't worth it. So, um, you know, it's not as always as wide-eyed, bushy-tailed as maybe what it seems like. There are some great perks, but just like every other job in the world, it has its bullshit. And I just hope that everybody lands on their feet over there and hopefully keeps their job. There's going to be a lot of re-interviewing for your jobs. I mean, I know how this works. They're going to come in. They want to know what you want to do. They want to know what you do and where they can where they can save some money. Because, it's you know, when you buy something, you're still going to look to go and save money where you can. So um, I don't think it's going to go away, but I certainly think there will be some changes um, off and on the air at MS. And things will look probably not maybe maybe not a lot different, but will certainly look different uh, throughout the lineup of those four stations. Thank you as always for listening to the Tony D podcast. Brought to you by Flooring is Forever, FlooringIsForever.com, and the UPS store in Fishers. Check out the UPS store in Fishers, right off of Oleo Road, right in front of the Kroger, for all of your packing and shipping needs. Thank you so much for listening, and check us out on Twitter at Burnout Sports and at Tony D Indy.